Keep in me safe. O God, for in you I take refuge. I said to the Lord, You are my Lord. Apart from you I have no good thing. As for the saints who are in the land, they are the glorious ones on whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. I will not pour out their libations of blood or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Very nice to see you. And I do see a number of visitors. So if this is your first time, like Jeff said, uh, a very warm welcome. It's school holidays, so I'm sure that there's uh, new people here. Uh, Joel, our minister, he's away for the next couple of weeks. He's at a conference over in Africa. I'm pretty sure they are currently flying now. Uh, So do keep him and others from New Zealand, others from St. Stephen's, uh, who are heading over there in your prayers. And so we've got two kind of uh, one-off talks for the next couple of weeks while Joel's away. This week we're looking at Psalm 16, as we just heard read, and then next week we're looking at a passage from 1 Peter. So uh, they're not kind of thematically similar or anything like that. They're just from the Anglican lectionary. Uh, So look forward to that. Why don't I pray, and then we'll think about Psalm 16. Dear Lord, thank you for your word, uh, and as we come before it this morning, help us to uh, hear it with open hearts and open minds. And we do uh, pray for those who are heading over to Africa for the GAFCON conference. Uh, keep them safe, and may they be encouraged and re-energized uh, meeting with your people over there. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Michael Jordan, <clears throat> Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time, second maybe to Larry Bird, but he, he once famously said that basketball was his refuge. Michael Jordan, these are the words he said. He said, the game of basketball has been everything to me, my place of refuge, the place I've always gone where I needed comfort and peace. It's been the site of intense pain and the most intense feelings of joy and satisfaction. Uh, For Michael Jordan, he found his refuge, he found his security, his joy, his satisfaction in playing basketball. Uh, And he was on top of the world. Uh, People loved him, people wanted what he had, and it was on the court that he says he found refuge. He He felt safe there because he was always the best. He felt secure there because people who were watching had paid to come and see him. 
Uh, Things change, don't they? Uh, Jordan is nowhere near the athlete he once was. In fact, he's not an athlete at all really now. And I wonder if you were to ask him now where he finds his refuge, what he would say. Because it can't be in playing basketball anymore. And that's the problem for many around the world. The question of where do I find my refuge? Because the truth is that everyone wants to be happy. Everyone wants to be in a situation where they feel as though they cannot be shaken from their position of stability, whether that be in a job or a relationship or a house or abilities or a way of life. We want to be where we are happy and where we are safe forever. Uh, T.S. Eliot, the great poet, he once said that humanity cannot bear very much reality. And the reality is that as humanity, we are not secure. We struggle to find a lasting refuge and we cannot bear it. Relationships will fail, houses will fall, abilities will diminish, jobs will come to an end. We will lose that which we have security in and that is inevitable. Which means that the first line of Psalm 16 should stand out to everyone. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. Now we're thinking this morning about refuge. Jeff did steal my thunder earlier. Uh, How do we find it? Where should it be placed? And how do we keep it? As we think about this idea of refuge, it's important to get an idea of what we mean by the word. And all we mean is it's a place where we feel comfortable and secure and we are safe from difficulty, danger and enemies. That is what a refuge is. And everyone in this room, I hope, should be interested in the idea of refuge, of a safety and a security that cannot be shaken, like verse 8 says. Uh, For some of us, it will be because we feel anything but secure at this particular point in time. And we need to be reminded of what we believe and what it is that we have faith in. Uh, For others, we may not be facing trials now. We may feel very secure with where we are. But we must be assured that 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 will change. Our situation will change. Therefore, we need to prepare now to be certain that when those difficult times do come, we are secure. Uh, As we can see from the beginning of the psalm, and it started a little bit before uh, where Beth began reading, it says that it is a miktam of David. Uh, No one's quite sure what a miktam is. We don't know what the definition of the word is. But the important part of that sentence is that the psalm is written by David. And it's important for us as we come to these words to remind ourselves of what David faced in his life. Why is he so qualified to tell us about the need for refuge? Uh, David spent much of his life on the run. He had massive breakdowns of relationship within his family. He struggled with guilt that he carried through his whole life. He felt as though he was uh, worthy of nothing. He knew what it was to be isolated, lonely and hated. And here he is, writing about the refuge that he was sure that he had. Uh, That is the man who wrote the, the psalm that we are looking at this morning. 
that should give us great confidence in the words that we are reading, because the words themselves are hugely comforting. If our question this morning is, how do we find refuge? We get our immediate answer in the first verse, keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. How do we find refuge? And this is the first thing we need to remember. We look to God and only God. I'm sure the first part of that statement is obvious. Of course we find refuge in God, but it's the second part that we so often mess up. And only God. Uh, Look at verse 4. The sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. I will not pour out their libations of blood or take up their names on my lips. In other words, find refuge in God and do not run to any other gods or any other idols to find refuge. Now, the world around us loves idols. Uh, We as humans may not be uh, physically or literally bowing down to statues of other gods or anything like that, but we're more than happy to idolize anything, really. Uh, Calvin and Hobbes, if you know the comic strip Calvin and Hobbes, the American comic strip, it has one particular uh, strip where Calvin, he gets home from school, he goes into his lounge at home, he turns on his TV, and then oddly he bows down before his TV. And then he says these words. He says, O great altar of passive entertainment, bestow upon me your discordant images at such speed as to render linear thought impossible. And then he just sits in front of his TV for hours and hours and hours. Uh, Now, that's hyperbole. Uh, None of us are going to go home and literally bow before one of our appliances. But we are very quick to find refuge and security in the things of this life. Uh, Even routine, like the comic strip was getting at, the Calvin and Hobbes strip, it it was being facetious. But there is truth in our routines becoming idealistic. It's very easy for us to say, oh, well, uh, I don't have a a relationship that's an idol, or I don't see my work as an idol at this point of time, but not think that our attitudes as we come home from work make our daily lives an idol for us. I cannot wait to get home and just relax with a glass of wine and some dinner, and then I'll be happy. Uh, The thing I look forward to every day are those 20 minutes of quiet on the drive home. Once I have date night with my spouse, then I'll feel ready for the rest of the week. Once this happens, I'll be happy. Uh, Now, there's nothing wrong with those things at all, is there? But we can very quickly get sucked into trying to find security and comfort in things that will not last. In the words of Psalm 16, if this world is where we try and find comfort and refuge, then our sorrows will increase. Because inevitably, and we all know this, life is temperamental. Things change in a second. Those areas in life that we feel secure in will fail or fade or fall. And if we are trying to find refuge in them, then we too will fail and fade and fall. That one phone call after which nothing is ever the same again. Or... You get home from work and the kid's arguing again. The accident that means you will never live life the same. Or when your plans for the weekend go awry. 
If we try and find refuge in the things of this world, whether big or small, whether relationships or homes or families or even routines, then we will be sorely disappointed. That is what David is warning us of. He is saying, in order to find a true refuge that will not be shaken, look to God and only God. Because he will not change. He will never fail or fade or fall. And we can be, we can be sure that we're, if we find our true refuge in him, that too will not fade or fall away. Well, that's the first of three things that David speaks about. Find refuge in God and only in God. The second thing we're to look at is once we have refuge in God, we are to delight in his people. Look at verse 3. As for the saints who are in the land, they are the glorious ones in whom is all my delight. Uh, Last week over Easter, the youth group here at St. Stephen's went to Risen Camp where we spent a few days with uh, a number of other youth groups from Christchurch and actually all over New Zealand, hearing about the glory of the cross. And it was, it was great. Uh, spending time with 150 other Christians, hearing the word preached, it encourages you and it re-energizes you. I'm not a big fan of camping in, in general. I like my own bed and I like my own food, but I love camps. I don't feel more encouraged in my faith than when I have spent time with brothers and sisters in Christ. Make the most of the people around you in this room this morning. Find delight in them. Uh, Be encouraged by one another. Support one another. Learn what each other are going through. Uh, I think I'm right in saying in a couple of weeks I think the men's and the women's groups have a couple of walks on. I think it's in a couple of Saturday's times. It might be in your your newsletter. Go on those walks and talk with other Christians. Delight in them. Uh, Obviously, this doesn't mean don't have any non-Christian friends. That's not what it's saying, not in the slightest. But the first thing that many of us will do when we face times of trial is that we will pull away from the people of God. We will stop coming to church. Don't. Now that is what David is saying. As we encourage one another and we live alongside one another and we love one another, we can be helping each other find refuge in God. And that can't happen in the same way in our relationships with non-Christians. It can't. And so we must, we must continue to find delight in our relationships with one another as Christians. So we must find refuge in God and only God. We must find delight in God's people. And then thirdly, and there's two aspects to this third point, we must remind ourselves of what God has done and who God is. Those two things. Uh, I think it would be fair to say that nowadays it's very popular that we need uh, to hear, to hear people say we need to listen to our dot, dot, dot. Whether that be, we need to listen to our heart or our feelings or our minds. If we feel a certain way or if we think a certain thing, then that thing or that feeling is right and we should embrace it. Because even if it's not true for you, it might be true for me. Uh, How wrong we are. I think all of us in this room will know how frustrating and how damaging our own minds can be. 
Uh, I mentioned Calvin and Hobbes before. Another one of their famous strips. They're great, Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, Calvin's in bed at night time and he said he thinks night times were made dark so that we can imagine our fears with less distraction. (laughs) Our minds run away from us. We can overthink things. We can underthink things. We can begin telling ourselves things that are just not true. We see this in its earliest form, don't we, in the Garden of Eden? Did God really say? And then for us, is this situation really going to be okay? Is God sure he knows what he's doing? And then when uh, things inevitably get worse, we ask ourselves other questions. Maybe I should see that person again. It's just flirting, it's harmless. Or, well, I'm bound to win once. This time will be the last time. If I could just have that, then I will be happy. Our minds play tricks on us constantly. And so as Christians, and this is the important part, we must train our minds. We must remind ourselves of what we know to be true, not what we convince ourselves in a moment of weakness might be true. Now look at verse 5 and 6 with me. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Uh, As I said before, David lived his life often on the run. He led God's people through many turbulent times. And so these particular couple of verses are probably referencing specific times such as those. Times where Israel's literal borders were in doubt. Times of civil unrest. Time when uh, David will have needed to, more than any other time, remind himself that God was in fact there and was in fact in control. Uh, David, like we can be, will have been tempted to doubt God's goodness and to doubt whether he was really in control. And so what does he do? He reminds himself of what God has done in the past to convince himself of the truth of how God will act in the future. He has provided good borders for our country. He has given me more than enough to live on. And most importantly, I look forward to a perfect inheritance in heaven. Uh, The World Chess Championship is on at the moment, which I'm sure we're all aware of and are following very closely. But it's uh, it's incredible to watch. It's it's not that incredible to watch. It is very dull. But uh, it's it's incredible to think about how these two players prepare for the championship. They, They play 14 matches over a couple of weeks. And what they'll do is they will go back and they will look at hundreds of games that their opponent has played in the past in order to predict what their opponent is going to do in their future games so that they can prepare. As Christians, we must be looking back to see what God has done, uh, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of millions of Christians through history, through thousands of promises in his word, because then then we can be convinced of what he will do for us in the future and in the present. God is never changing. 1 Chronicles says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. James 1.17, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. 
all of Isaiah 40. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Deuteronomy 31, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Nahum 1, the Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. Psalm 16, verse 5. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Talk to yourselves as Christians. Whatever we are going through, whatever our lot and our portion is, and it may be heavy, we are not alone, and God loves and cares for us through every step. We will find great refuge in him as we remind ourselves of that fact. And uh, just as important, remind ourselves of who God is. This is what we'll finish with uh, this morning because it's the last couple of verses of the psalm. David, David has reminded himself of what God has done and then he finishes by reminding himself of who God is. Firstly, we see in verse 7, God is a counsellor. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my heart instructs me. The Bible is not just a set of rules. It gives us counsel. God gives us counsel. Proverbs is full of wisdom. Uh, We find right the way through God's word, advice and counsel on the best way to live in this fallen world. Uh, God, who is not bound by times like earthly counsellors, but who is available to talk to 24-7, even at night, like verse 7 says. Use him and talk to God. When we are down, when we need lifting up, when we need encouragement, go to his word, he will counsel us. Uh, David reminds himself that God is a counsellor. He also reminds himself that God is at his right hand. Verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Uh, Years ago, when I was young, the family and I, we, we went to an aquarium as a family outing. And at one point, my parents wandered a distance away. They abandoned me in many ways. And I ended up just kind of reaching up to whoever was near me, and I just grabbed a stranger's hand. And I got terrified and ran away, as any kind of wise 18-year-old would do. But, <laughs> but that's what children do in that sort of situation, isn't it? They just reach up. They want to know someone's there. They want to know mum or dad's there. Uh, and even as we get older, we love to know that people have our back, that people are beside us, that people are there for us. Well, God is there, and even more in the words of Psalm 16, he is our right-hand man. He will advise us, support us, love us, lead us, and never leave us. That should be such an encouragement for us, such a refuge, because we are not alone. God is with us every step of the way, right beside us. And isn't that picture uh, in verse 11 beautiful? We, once in heaven, will sit down at God's right hand. We who through our whole lives have been supported and loved by God at our right hand will have the immense privilege of sitting at his right hand in heaven. It's a great picture 
God is our counsellor, he is our right-hand man, and lastly and very quickly, he is our saviour. How wonderful are those words in verse 10. You will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. No, God will not abandon us to the grave. But he did, in fact, send his Son to the grave to die in our place, to take our punishment. But Jesus did not see decay. No, he rose again so that on the last day we too may rise with him and be seated at God's right hand. Friends, as we finish, refuge is not some sort of unattainable pie in the sky. We can find a perfect refuge in the Lord. Like I said earlier, there may be many in this room that are struggling to find refuge, struggling to find security. And for those of you who are not feeling like that at the moment, you will at some point, so prepare now. But for those who need encouragement now, read these words. Read Psalm 16. Remember to run to God and only God. Don't seek uh, happiness and security in the fleeting things of this world. Find delight in his people. Allow us, as your brothers and sisters, to love you and encourage you. And remind yourself of who God is and what he has done in the past. He loves us. He counsels us. He is at our right hand through all of life, there to support and strengthen us, never alone. And most importantly, he is our saviour. The reason that we will never be abandoned, even to the grave that we will one day be greeted in heaven by our Lord and our Saviour in a final, perfect, complete refuge in heaven. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. I pray that that will be the prayer of all of us here this morning. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you are our refuge. I pray that all of us here this morning would seek you that we would find comfort in your arms, knowing that one day we will uh, be greeted into heaven, a final perfect refuge. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.